I want you to understand Bethany. Baby, my iPad's right there. Bethany was just outside of Jerusalem. It was Jesus' safe place. Anybody know what a safe place is? You got any place where you can go and just be you? Yeah, can you? Yeah. Oh, those are good. That's fine. Thank you. Thank you so much. Y'all are just, you know I'm home, right? I don't have to put on no special nothing for y'all, right? It's just me. <laughs> so we're going to heal Billy up a little bit, and I'm just going to talk today. I want everybody that has a Bible, grab a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, there should be one underneath you and the, and the seat in front of you. If you don't have that, do your phone, do whatever you need to do. Just stay off Facebook and don't put me on Snapchat. I appreciate it so much. Thank you, Alan. Here's the thing. Here Jesus had when he went to Bethany, he had a place. You see, this is where Simon the leper lived. This is where Mary and Martha and Lazarus lived. This is probably justifiably called the Judean home of Jesus. He had a place where he could roll in, be himself, just be himself. You see, that's why I love coming home to Overton. I don't have to put on like I'm something special because it ain't me, y'all. Y'all already figured that out. I'm just a hillbilly trying to make heaven. But God has something here that keeps drawing us back and joining us together. So guess what? This is kind of like my safe place. I can come and just be Jeffrey. I don't have to make you think I'm important. Because I ain't. I'm just somebody who loves Jesus. But you've got to understand, Jesus was able to go here and just kick back and put his feet up without somebody judging him. Anybody feel like sometimes you just need to have that little cubby of someplace you go where nobody's pointing a finger or waiting for you to make a mistake? Anybody? Just me? I'm glad I'm the only one because God taught me a whole lot through this sermon. And you can either get with it or get out. Here's the thing. God told me to speak this, so here it is. This room, this building, should be a place where folks can come in and not have to be guarded. You hear me? you got to understand... Y'all come in here and you can dress up. You know, you can dress up a pig. It's still a pig. It's just a dressed up pig. You can even put liposuction and put lipstick on it. It's still going to just be a skinny looking pig. With lipstick. You see, the issue is, is we all want to come in and put an air that we got no problem. We walk in here and we instantly, we're going to church. We're going, we're going to go where Jesus is at. I got no problem. I'm just coming because he told me I have to do church. No, baloney. You're here because you need something. You're here because 
God has something specifically for you. And you know what's weird? Is no matter what words spew out of my mouth, if everybody wrote a note card about what God spoke to them through my message, every one of you would have something different. Because the Word of God is living. So we're going to go to John chapter 11. Everybody, open, get your Bible. John type chapter 11. Now, I'm going to be talking and kind of paraphrasing this book. But you see, here's the thing. When we, we were talking back to Bethany, you see, that's where, where Jesus' friends find themselves in great distress at this time. You see, John, John has eight times that he professes and he proves that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. Eight times in the book of John. But here he starts talking about a wedding. You remember? There was the miracle, the first miracle at the wedding, and he goes down to now a funeral. And you're like, why are you making that connection? It's almost the same thing. Married or buried, it's the same suit. The preacher wears the same suit. I wear the same black suit with a black tie when I marry you, and I wear the same black suit and black tie when I bury you. The reason it's important in John is because it shows, even in good times, in times of rejoicing, and in times of grief, Jesus cares about us in all of these things. You see, you think that God is only blessing you when things are good. That's not true. Even in grief, even in pain, I see my brother's face. He sat up here and he pretended the whole time that he was good. And as soon as he got and turned his back to you where you couldn't see it, the pain gripped him. Guess what? He's still hurting. Gallstones suck. You don't believe so? Pass a kidney stone. Same thing, different area. Hurts. He's in pain. And when it goes, it literally just wraps him in pain. And you know what? He don't care. You know where he's at? He's sitting on the front pew in a house of the Lord to give him praise. Because guess what? He may have gallstones, but he ain't got a death sentence. You see, even in a death sentence, Alan, God was still there. Jesus was still walking in a death sentence, sweetheart. He's still there. And he brings a peace to the situation. You see, Lazarus was his buddy. And in fact, in, in the King James, it says, Father, the one you love most. That means they were tight. That means they were more than just acquaintances. Right? You hear me? <laughs> so they sent word. And, and, and Jesus said, uh, tell them I will come. But he was hung up for two days. Two days. Let me ask you a question. What do you do when Jesus shows up late? But he was late. Man, he was late. He, he, something else was more important at that time. And he goes, don't worry, I'll be there. But he was late. You 
Y'all are sitting here looking at me like I'm stoned. I'm telling you right now. Every one of you in here felt like Jesus was late at some point in time when you were going through something. He's not coming. He should have already been here. It should have already happened. Why is Jesus late? You've got to understand. Pam said, Jesus is never late. No, but I will tell you this. You, you know what happens when he shows up late? You better have faith. You see, here's the thing. Jesus was late. He was coming. And, and they, they, they went and they sent for him and he comes. And, and when they get there, what happens? She ran to him. Do you remember? What's the scripture say? It says he, he, they ran to meet Jesus. Lazarus was dead, y'all. The urgency had passed. How many of you have had a situation in your life when you're like, ain't no good now. But you know what happened? They ran to Jesus. You know why? For comfort. For comfort. Lord, you knew, right? I need you to understand what's going on. And then, and then she runs out to meet him and, and, and she Expected the Lord to be there. How many of you have ever been in a trial and expected God to be there and you feel like He didn't show up? I'm talking to myself. That's good. Good stuff, preacher. I'm in there. Yep, I like it. Okay, good. Keep going. Here we go. Here's the thing. You understand. When she ran out to meet Jesus, her faith was still engaged. The situation was more than dire. Death is kind of a permanent situation. It was more than dire. But there's a, there's a purpose for what this miracle seems to have had. Number one is to show Jesus himself to be the Lord. God, man, and God, fully God, fully man. Remember? This is an opportunity to him to be shown that he was truly God, not just man. Are you following me? Water to wine, that was good. But see, the other thing that I want you to understand is to strengthen the faith of not only himself, or the folks, but the disciples that are around him. I don't know about you, you put a dude that's been dead for four days and somebody say, rise and walk. I'm going to believe stuff, right? And, and, and the other thing is many Jews had been trapped in doubt. Is he or is he not the Messiah? Do you understand sometimes what you are going through is not only for you? Baby, preach with me, okay? Here's the thing. Thank you. Here's the thing. You've got to understand, sometimes, Alan, all the pain, all the everything, Shannon, all the 
the stupid late nights looking at the computer screen for hours and hours on end, reading stupid medical journals and everything, trying to find a magic combination of stuff to do and help a specific cancer that my wife and your father had. And all those hours and hours and hours and smelling up your house, the neighbors think you guys are running a house of, of stuff. You know what I'm saying? All this stuff that you did, everything that's going on. Sometimes all that's not for you. When you make the phone call to the lady who helped you, oh, by the way, no cancer detected. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you understand? Sometimes it's for other folks to embolden their faith. I asked in here, how many of you in here today needed a miracle? Almost everybody stood. Almost everybody had a hand up that you had a miracle, that something in your life you had a need. You had children that needed Christ. You need something in your life. Almost every one of you. How can you not have faith that's going to come fruition when I just put two dead people up here to sing for Jesus? I don't know about you. They sound pretty good for dead folk. And Alan, if he gets any skinnier, we're going to have to, him and Dijon are having to go back to the boys section to start shopping for clothes. I'm just telling you, you guys got to understand. Sometimes what we're going through, you see what happened was when they got there, he said, I'm here. But God, you're late. You're late. Our brother's been dead for four days. Four days. Now, you understand, they don't have refrigerators to put bodies in. I guarantee you he stank. I'm talking worse than Chloe with no deodorant stank. (laughs) Just putting that out there, baby. I bought four different kinds for Christmas. Guess what? You're getting in your stocking. Here. <laughs> All right, I'm going to talk to the church now. You see, you must be able to believe enough to petition God in behalf of others. Look at John, John 11, 26. It says, And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. This is the funny, I had everybody look it up in different translations in case y'all were trying to mess with me. It says, believest thou this? Question mark. Do you or do you not believe? Do you or do you not believe? Everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. You see, Jesus at this point looked beyond the distress of the sister saying, I understand, but you do you believe or do you not believe I'm Christ? Do you or do you not believe in whom you're putting your faith in? Do you have your faith in me? If so, you should be able to sit there and say, you're here, fix the problem. Don't care if you're late. You see, the... The expectation is that Jesus can do stuff we can't. 
Jesus will do what you cannot. See, when you start looking at your limitations, you are looking as far as your eye can take you. It's faith that takes you beyond that to understand that Jesus can do what we cannot. You see, we have to understand death is only a transition to a better existence. But guess what? You can walk through life a whole lot more positive when you know death is not the end. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's, guess what? <laughs> if we keep going as a nation the way we're going right now, death is not a bad option. I'd much be walking on streets of gold. I'd much rather be at the feet of Jesus praising him for all eternity. So to die is not to lose. To die is to gain. But guess what? If you don't have faith, to die is to end. The only problem is there ain't preachers anymore preach about hell. To die is to be eternally in torment unless you know Jesus. Period. Church, you've got to understand, there are times that Alan was in so much pain, he was unable to pray for himself successfully. Because when you're in pain, guess what envelops our human mind? Duh, pain. If you don't believe that, grab your neighbor and pinch as hard as you can. I guarantee you they're not going to think about, I need, I need to go to next door and get food. They're going to be thinking, idiot, I'm about ready to hurt you. That hurts. Right? I got new. Pinch her harder. That's all I'm saying. You got to understand something. When you are in so much pain, your mind does not turn to the things of the Lord. It, your body is enveloped in exactly what's happening at that moment. I watched my wife shrink to nothing doing chemo 12 years ago. 89 pounds. I would have to pick her up and place her on the couch. She was completely bald. We would carry her into church every Sunday and sit her on the front pew as she sat there to support and praise God, support her husband, and she praised Jesus every Sunday. Sickness didn't matter. And the church didn't care either. It was like, if you start getting sick, we'll put a trash can up here where you can throw up in. We're just going to let you do you. Guess what? In the middle of your storm, sometimes it's not for you. And sometimes, guess what? You've got to stand in the gap. You've got to stand in the gap. You've got to stand in the gap and pray for those going through something they can't pray for themselves in. You see, faith of Martha was, you're late. It was challenged. You get it? It was, she was challenged. Her faith was challenged because he wasn't there on time. If you would have only been here, surely he would not have died. And he says, don't you believe in me? You see, we've got to have 
enough faith and believe enough to get others in the presence of God. I want you to hear me. We have to believe enough to get others into the presence of God. Do you know what happens if I meet somebody? I met somebody. We were, where were, we were at a soccer game yesterday and, and watching one of the little midgets play soccer, soccer, the kids that go to the church and they were playing soccer. And I sit next to this guy and I started, and she, and they looked and they see my shirt and I had my ball cap on and said reset. And they go, what's that? That's our church. Well, who's the preacher? Well, you sit next to him. Really? I said, yeah. And he goes, well, are you guys a Christian believing? I said, not only that, we're a miracle believing. Let me tell about Jesus. I told him that we don't want to touch a miracle. Touch my wife. Oh, by the way, my brother-in-law, he, he, he's here. That's a miracle. By the way, let me tell you about Alan. He's cancer-free. Let me tell you. I started telling this guy. He goes, dude, I need to come to your church. I said, no, you just need to go to the feet of Jesus. I don't care where you're at. But sometimes you have to be able to pull somebody, move somebody into the presence of God. You see, John eleven thirty four said, Jesus asked, where have you laid him? That forced somebody to take him there. You know, in your mind, Jesus could have said, right, Lazarus, get up and walk. And Lazarus would have got up, pushed the stone out of the way like Hercules and came, Hercules, Hercules. He'd have came all the way up there. Get this place off my face. You understand? Because they had a napkin over his face. Do you understand? Jesus could have spoke the word from where he was and brought Lazarus. But no, they needed to see the miracle. And they need to do. Sometimes, you see, when they led him to the tomb. Do you get what I'm saying? They led him to the tomb. You see, they needed to see Jesus and, be, and have Jesus in their presence. Do you know why we have worship first? No, it's because y'all, no, y'all ain't hungry for the word of God. No, I'm telling you the truth. In the old church, in the biblical church, they worshiped. They had word of God and then they worshiped because they received the word of God. We got to get all your stinking thinking out of your head in order for you to even understand the word of God. Because you know what? Most of you right now are wondering when I'm going to shut up where you can get some stuff and gravy stuff in your face over here. Your mind is already going different places because you know what? This is not the most important thing for you. You know what the most important thing for you is? Make me feel good, preacher. Pat me on the butt and send me out the door where I feel good this week. You should be walking in the door going, God, as soon as I cross that threshold, start dealing with whatever in my heart is keeping me further away from you. Sometimes you've got to bring people into the presence of Jesus. But if I've got to sit there and fight to get you there, what makes you think you're going to lead anybody? Ain't too many people going to follow a cripple anywhere. But I'll tell you what, if they do, they're going to find the feet of Jesus because that's where I want to remain. No, you're not, you're not hearing me. Rose, there are people that you will come in contact with I'll never meet. It's your responsibility to have enough faith and to believe enough in Jesus that you bring people that are struggling into the presence of the king. You know what? That could be why you having enough of him in you to where it shines. Ever met somebody when you've seen in the glow of Jesus Christ was just all over them? That you wanted to, you looked at them and you knew something was different. Yeah, and guess what? What a blessing. 
third point is this. You got to believe enough to be a credible Christian witness. Do you understand? In John eleven thirty nine, it says, Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he has been dead for four days. How could Martha, who believed so much in Jesus' mighty power, believe that he would raise from a corrupt body who has been dead for four days and decay back to life? You understand? They had to move the stone. That wasn't Martha. You're not going to remove a stone with one person. So there had to be more people come to help remove the stone. I want you to hear me. There were more people who came to help move the stone. Alan, look at the more people. Nanette, look at the more people. It took more people to move the stone and to be a Christ witness. Do you know what that means? That means when they rolled a stone, there was more than just Martha and Jesus there. All of a sudden, the folks that moved the stone, they had to have smelt. Dude, he is really dead. And then the words, Lazarus, come forth. Now he was bound by the hands and by the feet and had a napkin covered. He was in burial garb. And he, can you imagine seeing a mummy looking dude hopping out, tied up, saying, get this off me. Because I had a heart attack. I'm on the ground right there going, stroked out. You have to be a witness. I think I missed. <laughs> I don't know about you, but there's parts of my body still squeezing. I want you to understand something. You have to believe and be a Christ witness. Do you know what that means? How many of you just heard that I have two folk sitting in this place right now who were given a death sentence by the modern medical everything right now? How many of you just heard they gave no cancer detectable? You know what her doctor told me? Everybody in this room, I don't know if you know this or not, has cancerous cells in your body. It's just whether they're active or not. Everybody. That's everybody. They're a dormant gene that is activated by stupidity, like sodas and sugar and stuff that I love. Bacon. No, those are Jesus juice. (laughs) Monsters have been giving ah, grace by the Lord. But here's the thing. (laughs) It's my story. I'm sticking to it. Here's the thing I want you to understand. The doctor looked at me and said, Sir, if I took a blood sample from you, you would have a higher cancer marker than your wife. Twelve years. Jesus was late. Twelve years. This is hung over our head. 
12 years, we've tried to not act like it's affecting our relationship. 12 years, we tried to act like we, this is not a big deal. It's okay. If you die, honey, you go to heaven. And, and I got news. It's hard to sell us a, a cripple to a new woman. I'm not going to replace her. She could replace me in a minute. I know. <laughs> She needs to because she ain't making enough money to take care of what we got billed out there. I put her in a mess. But you got to hear me. Twelve years we prayed for those words. Jesus was late. Until he wasn't. Until the prayer and the faith of my family and friends were heard because they had faith to petition God on behalf of somebody other than their self. Tomorrow, tonight, when you leave this church, do you have enough faith to go and say, let me tell you what God done in Overton. Let me tell you about the healing that happened in Overton. Let me tell you what happened when we laid a prayer shawl over a woman that was given a death sentence. Let me tell you what happened when we anointed them with oil and said in the name of Jesus. He was late. Until he wasn't. Until the prayer was answered. He was late. What carried us there? How many nights did we lay crying? Praying to God, please. I even prayed, God, listen. I'm pretty worthless. You can take me. Don't take my brother. Do not take him from me. He's my every... I need him. He's my Bethany. Don't strip me of my Bethany. How many times I laid there praying for them. I even asked God, Put it on me. Take what hells him right now and let it fall on me. But don't take my brother. Put it on me. I'm already sick. I'm already on my way out of this world. I'm okay with that. I love Jesus and I'm ready to go walk down the street and tell him, man, you put me through a ringer. But guess what? I'm okay. Put their sickness on me. I'm ready. But don't take him from me to where I have to live through that. Nobody's prayed that. Nobody's prayed that. God, save my child. God, remove this 
thing from them to where they don't see you. God, remove temptations from our family. Remove temptations from our marriage. Remove the struggle of finances. Remove, none of you have ever prayed any of that for everybody. No, you know why? Because you don't, how much faith do you have? Guess what? Is there anybody in this room? Stand up. Stand up. Two dead people standing because of your prayers, because you petitioned God, because you had enough faith to believe in Christ that these two would walk. Vinette, come here. Stand right here. A miracle of God. Salvation. Freedom, salvation. Protection and guidance through being all of this stuff that she's done. Chloe, come here. A miracle of God. A teenager who loves Jesus Christ more than herself. A miracle of God. Dijon, come here. Stand on this side of my wife. A Marine who served our country came home whole. You don't think that's a miracle? That's a miracle. Who loves Jesus and is working with our youth ministry in in Pahrump? Lisa, come here. Stand right here. A miracle of God right here. Who was ill and struggling and and having all kinds of problems. And guess what? Through your struggle, you were able to tell your children about Jesus Christ. And then their struggle, you were able to go and you were able to witness to them in the middle of their most dire situation. Miracle of God right there. How many of you prayed for her? How many of you prayed for her children? How many of you lifted her up? Sister, come here. For those that you know, this is my sister-in-law. Her name is Tara. Who ripped her away. God, God had moved her husband and ripped her away from her family and everything that she held dear. And placed her of all places in the desert. You've been battling health issues for quite a while. Where's your faith? Your faith in Jesus. Healing's coming. He's not late. This is the miracle right here. Do you understand? I want you to look at this, huh? Yeah, I got you. Here's the thing I want you to understand. How many of you in here know Jesus Christ is your Savior? Raise your hand. Look at all the miracles sitting in this room. Because none of you deserve what you got. Are you ready to bring others into the presence of God? Yeah.
sacrifices. You understand? When you're ready to step up to the plate, y'all can go sit down. I know you're feeling kind of funny up here. I chose the ones that I know wouldn't get mad and leave. How many of you are ready for your miracle? How many of you are ready for your miracle? Are you? Are you ready to be part of the miracle? Do you know you've already been part of two amazing miracles that just stood up there? Are you ready to be part of a miracle? Guess what? Your miracle's coming. Guess what? Your miracle's coming. He's never late. He's never late. You're not in control. And the moment you release control, you'll start to see God's hand in everything that you are going through. Everything. Father, I love you and I thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. God, I pray right now that you will help us all to have the faith, Lord God, to be part of the miracle. Help us to draw people into your presence to where they can receive their miracle. And God, thank you for what you're already doing and already done. And God, most of all, thank you for our family in Overton and their prayers and their belief and their love that they've shown to not only myself but to the Reset team. God, we love you and we thank you. As we go into our meal next door, God, bless our fellowship and bless the food to our bodies and our bodies into your service. And we'll give you praise in Jesus' precious name. And the church together says... Amen. God bless you all. Thank you for allowing me to come and spout off at the mouth. Next door they got food going.